The Sea Change Podcast is sponsored by Changing Greatly Consulting, providing effective, data-driven talent and culture solutions that attracts top, diverse talent by creating psychologically safe and inclusive, high-performance cultures. Come for the talent and stay for the culture. Now, let's get into The Sea Change. Welcome to The Sea Change Show, where leaders are changing business culture for good. I'm your host, Maura Barclay. If you are a new listener, welcome listener. We are so glad that you found us and you did not find us by accident. Please take a moment to hit that plus sign, click follow. You're going to want to subscribe so you don't miss a single conversation with these transformational leaders. They come from different places, different spaces, and they all bring their unique lived experience and their genius to this conversation. So don't miss a single episode. And if you are a frequent flyer, thank you so much for coming back week after week. You are so appreciated. And it is because of you that this podcast is now ranked in the top five business podcasts worldwide. So a huge thank you to our listeners there. This is a highlight episode for Ed Essie. And if you did not catch the original air date, it was episode 54 that dropped uh, 5 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time at June on June 1st. And he is the director of intrapreneurship at Microsoft, and he works in a very prestigious place within equi- uh, within Microsoft called The Garage. And I wanted to highlight a couple of things with regard to his episode. He didn't tell this story that I'm gonna share with you right now on the episode. I'm gonna just share it with you because it was such a cool story about inclusion and privilege. And then I will get to the compassionate CEO business that he shared about Satya Nadella, which was a phenomenal story that I had not heard before. So the little tidbit I wanted to share with you about white privilege, or maybe just privilege in general, but specifically white privilege. So the garage, uh, most people identify as the place where people tinker. Naturally, it's where, where the computer was essentially born. And so they use this term to describe the department within Microsoft where new products are made. And I've had the distinct privilege of visiting the garage and it is amazing. It is just this incredible resource for making things and not just code and software and digital stuff, every conceivable material that you would need to make something from sewing to 3D printers to virtual reality studio to clay, you name it, it's in there. So if you can imagine it, the garage is where you can build a prototype. I imagine if George Lucas had had access to this (laughs) to the garage when he was putting together Star Wars, his, his builders would have been quite thrilled. So the garage is an amazing place. And I actually don't remember specifically what the garage was doing because there's, there's a number of locations 
around the U.S., but the primary location, of course, is here in Seattle, up north. They were going to, I think it was actually a diversity and inclusion program that they had created on the East Coast. And the trainer there, an African-American woman, was talking about some of the unique things that had arisen during this program. And if I have any of this wrong, I'm sure Ed will correct me and I will correct it in my next highlight or the next time I interview him. There were a handful of African-American men who had applied to be in this program and they just didn't understand why it was called the garage and, and did not really get the concept because they grew up in homes apartments or projects, building projects that did not have garages. And when he told me this as a white woman growing up in a single family home that had a garage, it never dawned on me that someone wouldn't really get the concept of the garage if you did not grow up with it. I, I, that just, I, it didn't really register. And it's a, a really great example of uh, the disconnect between privileged people and people who grow out without certain privileges. And that's not to say that all black people don't know what a garage is, but these particular individuals just were not connected at all to the concept because they've never had one. So I thought that was really worth mentioning because it helps remind us, those of us who grew up with privilege, the things that we take for granted, the assumptions that we make that are completely unconscious to us. So if ever you have a, an unconscious bias brought to your attention by somebody who's different than you, who didn't necessarily grow up with the advantages that you had, I invite you to shift immediately into a moment of gratitude because unconscious bias has to be called into your conscious awareness for you to be able to navigate it. And just like this whole garage notion did for me. And I felt like it was a great gift. And I think the tendency, or at least the, the temptation is to get defensive. Doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It just means that there's an entirely different lived experience that you're being let into you're be, that's being shared with you that is an opportunity to grow and deepen understanding and build bridges so to speak so i first wanted to share that very cool story that ed shared with me hopefully i didn't butcher it too much and the second part of this highlight episode i wanted to build a relationship between the the behaviors that employees value most in leaders, which is compassion and, and showing that they care. And a very clever way for a CEO to do that. I remember I read this research. It was a, it was a, a little study and I believe it was done by the best places to work. And it was during uh, the pandemic. So it was 2020. And it, I believe it was Hilton Hotels their trust scores, their employee trust scores went up during the pandemic, which is rare. And their NPE, MPS scores were through the roof. And when asked why, 
the employees resoundingly had a consensus about the aspects that influenced their opinions. And the two things that came up were exceptional care, number one, and exceptional leadership. And when leadership shows it cares, that's when you get your best performance. So Ed shared in his episode, this wonderful example of one way, a very direct way that a CEO can show that she or he cares. In this scenario, it was during a meeting and it, it demonstrated this attention to detail, this ability to, to sense nuanced changes in people that tells a story of profound emotional intelligence and curiosity and interest in people and somebody who really loves his job, versus <laughs> we're talking about Satya. In the story that Ed shared, he talked about presenting a big idea to Satya Nadella. And for those of you who don't know who that is, that is a CEO of Microsoft. So when you're presenting to the CEO of Microsoft, and it's a big idea, you can bet that there are many contributors to the presentation that everybody took their own piece of it and that those people attended the meeting. And because of the, the size of the meeting room, there were a lot of contributors who were not sitting at the table, they were sitting back in the chairs. Now, if you remember from Sheryl Sandberg's book, her whole thing is lean in, right? Her thing is don't sit in the back, sit at the table. Well, sometimes you can't sit at the table. So guess whose responsibility it is to include those people, whoever has the power and influence in the room. And Mr. Nadella knows this. During the presentation, when a particular content piece would uh, come up, he noticed that certain people who were sitting in the back perked up. They were paying it extra special attention and it would seem clear that they were related to that piece of content. And first, first of all, before I end this, just realizing that something is changing in people, that he was paying so such close attention to body language and, and energy in people that he's able, uh, Satya was able to identify the people who worked on particular parts of the project just based on their body language and their shifts. So that's some ninja work right there. And then number two, when he would ask questions, he would direct them to the people in the back, not just the person making the presentation, truly including and acknowledging everybody who was in the room. And probably more, more important than that, because that in, a, in a, a meeting is great. That's a great practice. And everybody who attends the meeting gets to be the recipient that, of that wonderful inclusion and belonging but that's just a handful of people in the meeting. When that particular CEO has that degree of thoughtfulness in every communication, in every email, in the policies, in the way he conducts himself, when he or she is consistent, in this case, talking about Satya, so it's he, when a CEO or a senior leader is consistent in this 
care and the way that they include, that's when you get psychologically safe spaces. That's when you get high trust cultures. It starts at the top. And guess what? Every single person in the room is going to emulate that. So the person who's sitting in the back row who might be an individual contributor, if they decide that they want to get into a position of management, they will have seen how to include people and they will remember, I promise you, how fantastic it feels to belong and to be included by someone who has the power and influence. That was modeled for them and they're going to take that into their own leadership practice. And that is how culture gets built. Doesn't matter what's on the wall. Doesn't matter what's in the handbook. Doesn't matter what's on your website. What matters is how people behave in front of each other and how they treat each other in front of others. That's it. Culture is built on behavioral norms. And once you have defined that culture through expectation, that's when you can hold people accountable. So you can make your guess about the core values of Satya Nadella and Microsoft, and you can bet inclusion is one of them. And he is modeling it beautifully. And every single person in that room can take that modeling into their own sphere of influence, regardless of whether or not they're in leadership. And that's how a CEO can create healthy culture. Each one of those people in the room are his or her force multipliers. And they will go out and contact who knows how many people. And those people will contact people. This is how it works. We're very tribal. We are going to look to whoever has the highest impact on our well-being, on our position. We look to them for, for cues. And it might be a new skill to some CEOs or to some senior leaders to be able to, to see the changes in people. It's a skill like anything else. And it is hugely valuable. It is deeply undervalued. And the leaders that even become competent, you don't even have to be a ninja master like Satya Nadella, just being competent at that level of care and curiosity that allows you to see those shifts and be able to include people or notice things about them and then ask thoughtful questions. Those are the types of things that make employees feel cared for. And employees who feel cared for will go the extra mile. It's science. <laughs> it's the law. It's been proven. Naturally, there's exceptions, but all of the research bears that past statement, that last statement out to be true. So that is my contribution in this highlight episode is to call out the CEOs, the senior leaders who are demonstrating this fantastic, compassionate, inclusive behavior and to welcome and encourage other leaders who haven't thought to do that yet and make that a part of their daily goals is to develop that skill. 
because that is one very powerful and immediate way, very potent way to help your employees feel cared for. So if you found this useful, please share it. And if you think that you would be a good fit for the show, or you have a colleague that you feel would be a good fit for the show, please put them in contact with me. I want to share their ideas and raise as many ships as possible. And thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Sea Change Show. We sure appreciate you stopping by and taking your very valuable time to visit with us. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Who knows what's going to happen? I never do. It's always up in the air. And if you would like to be a guest, if you have something to offer, I would love to talk to you. Please email me at cultureworks at morabarclay.com. And that's M-A-U-R-A-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. I would love to talk with you. And if you have someone who you think would be a good fit for this show, please reach out to me and connect me. I want to keep celebrating and amplifying as many of these voices as possible. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.